Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast for myself, comedian and writer Dane Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, a.k.a. The Hizzer. Hello. And a mix of very special guests opposed to questions that need to be asked. We're talking everything from politics to philosophy to popular culture to last episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, not yet, no, mate. Don't, don't start. That. Don't start. At the time of recording, it was the last <laughs> episode of Game of Thrones. I'm not going to do any spoilers for your little show about Dungeons and Dragons and boobies. <laughs> it's more than that to me, mate. But you stayed up to two o'clock to watch. Yeah. Did, oh, did I? Mm. Or oh, did I? For legal reasons, I did. <laughs> okay, I good. did, which yeah, is, good. you know, it's really crazy that I would do that. But that's how much it meant to me. And uh, we do not endorse any kind of illegal streaming on this podcast. No, no good. On a completely unrelated topic that's unrelated to what I just brought up just now. But we ask all the questions, whether they're related to your major favourite TV shows or, or not. Yeah, of, of today and yesteryear. Yeah. And the near future. Have you seen Endgame? Uh, yes, and we probably can't talk about that either because people might not have watched it yet. Listen, grow up! Yeah, you need if to have seen this show. But also, but also, thanks for listening. And uh, on today's show, our guest is an actor, writer, and creative educator. As an actress, her TV credits include Top Boy, Doctors, Casualty, Back in Time for School. She also appeared in the amazing British film Dreams of a Life. She was regularly the star of many of London's most exciting theatre projects, some of which I have seen. Amazing. And she's written for Gowden Magazine and has been a DJ on numerous radio platforms. It is the polymath and very special Sophia Leone. Am I saying that right? Ooh, yes, you did. Oh, what cool. an introduction. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it, it sounds really good. It you sound, you sound like a really good person. Like, who is she? She sounds good. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we, we talk it out. We talk it out. <laughs> do no, we don't talk it out. We, we make it clear that people know. Yeah, do you feel that good? Because that sounds pretty good. I mean, it's Monday. Yeah. I, don't, I, I wasn't feeling that good. Mm-hmm. But I am now. Do you, do, you, do you feel bad about Mondays as a creative? Uh, <laughs> oh, you're making me feel bad about feeling bad about Mondays. No, I'm just asking. There's nothing um, to feel bad about. This is not a, this is not a podcast It depends what I'm doing. It depends what I'm doing on a Monday. Yeah. So last Monday, mm-hmm. and you could be doing lots of different things as a creative. Last mm-hmm. Monday, I was in the theatre at mm-hmm. Oval House working on a new project. And that Monday was fun. This Monday, I was... <laughs> doesn't sound good but this Monday I was working as a educator in a college teaching young people about the media industry Ooh. and that is really tiring really tough and really important might I add and I love it but it's very hard it must work. be very tough do you what, what do you find is that well this is not really the question yet we'll get to these but mm. it was the toughest aspect of it um ooh. The restrictions in terms of I might want to talk about and teach so much mm-hmm. and then there's like the curriculum which is really narrow mm-hmm. and wants you to keep kind of keep it really so, really yeah. narrow. Which which uh, is the reason why I don't think I'd be a very good teacher. <laughs> yeah, if, it's, you, if you narrow, off, narrow the uh, topics 
and then just expand the spectrum within a small topic is mm. very hard to And teach. when you're creative as well, that's just not how your brain works and that's not how you are. Mm, yeah. So I find that quite hard. I can imagine, yeah, trying to contextualise it all in curriculum is really frustrating. But it's interesting that you really enjoyed hearing how good you are. Because uh, <laughs> I think maybe uh, if people are down, what you should mm. do is read their introduction like they're on a chat show or on a podcast. And that will cheer them up. Yeah, or maybe... Write down your own good things about yourself that you've achieved and that are really good. Or or at least when they are being repeated back to you, just embrace. Because I know Mm. sometimes you have, as a creative, you have survivor's guilt and you try not to acknowledge these things because it's almost like it becomes quite finite as if, because you you always be like, no, no, I've got more to do, don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, that's just it. Yeah, we do do that. I just feel like if I'm talking to my mum on the phone and she's a bit down, I might be like, oh, like my next guest on the phone is my mum, the creator of three children. (laughs) <laughs> grandmother to six grandchildren exactly makes good soup like you know that might make her day you know yeah and, and make everyone's day being a creative person does make you feel better yeah, yeah. i think i think it's and there's great. people have got a real i think a lot of people have got mental i don't know if more people have um got mental health issues going on now or we're highlighting it more but i do think like with social media and everything people are really forced to kind of question who they are where they are why they're not doing this and other people are doing that and sometimes it really is important to just kind of block out all of that pressure. Too much comparing going on. Yeah, that's what it is. Too well, much comparing. That's what happens when you uh, concede to capitalism. It's very true. But how do you not? Mm. I mean, these are questions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, questions. Yes. <laughs> the, the format demands a question. <laughs> format demands a question, and our, and our guest always goes first. Okay, of course, yes. Uh, okay, as guest. You, you follow an illustrious list of guests. Now we're at that point. I can say that sentence. Yeah, and you, you added to that alumni. Mm. Um, Congratulations! But we're not going to mention them right now because we're not going to compare. We're just happy your history. <laughs> so we don't. Yeah, we don't yeah, compare. Yeah. Just like, we, we don't, don't compare. Let me have my moment. Yeah. This is my question. So recently, Jeremy Kyle was taken off TV due to the death of a guest. Mm. Um, And now people are also calling for Love Island to be taken off air because two of the contestants of that have also committed suicide. So with that in mind, should we call for a ban on shows like this that exploit people's hunger to be on TV uh, for fame? Or is there actually a valid place for trashy television? Are we actually being a bit elitist here? Um, do people have every right to want to be on TV, to want fame, to want notoriety? Um, and in, and yeah, despite the consequences. Mm. So should we be calling for a ban? It's or a, should we just say, actually, no, there's a place for this and people should be better prepared before they come on the, the TV? It's a healthy, big subject matter. That I think we barely, at the time of recording, it would be interesting to see mm. when this show goes out in the coming next weeks or so, if the scenario has deepened. I, having worked in television Thankfully, not on a disgusting show <laughs> like Jeremy Kyle. And I'm, I'm just going to I'm just putting, I'm just putting my no. I tell you, disgusting is in like I've worked on a show. I, I've, I've worked on many shows. I worked on a show called Impractical Jokers, and there were moments where we had to convince people to sign a form because the comedian had said something funny to them in public, and they were probably going to look like a bit like an idiot. In, in the show, when they didn't understand what the comedian was doing, right? But it's not nasty. It's like, do you mind looking a bit silly? Do you mind being tele- the butt of a do joke? Do you mind looking a bit silly on television? Okay. Where it's like, what's happened with Jeremy Carl? And I'm sorry to jump deep, but I've been thinking about this for mm. years. Go ahead, go ahead. I've been because thinking about me this too. for years. Me too. Knowing what I know. Yep, me too. I don't know any people personally who work on that show, but I do know, and I'll put this out then. If someone wants to come and sue me, maybe this is the first time we get sued, Dane. Sorry, but. Fuck it, I'm not scared. Yeah, you know fine. me. 
they get those people boozed up at nine in the morning. They get them down on a train, right? It's, from wherever you are in this country, they say, get down here early or, or spend the night. Spend the night. We'll put you up in a holiday inn. They get them liquored up before they go on that show. At 9 a.m. in the morning? It's like, it, it's famous famous that they do that on the Jeremy Carr. If someone wants to uh, I did know that, that I did know yeah. that they bring them to a hotel and I'd heard that they so give they get them, them pissed up before they turn up on the show. And then when these people have their issues thir- uh, you know, fervoured by being on that show, they wonder why we've got scenarios like we got now. And, and, it, and it, I find it, tra- like the whole situation tragic, as in like, I don't know how you feel about it, Sophia, but like, if you enjoy that type of television, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with you, but it's a part of a bigger problem. Oh, Yeah. A lot of people that enjoy this are... Well, it's poverty porn, isn't it? You're just looking at poor people, vulnerable people, who really should not be on television, that need actual real help, not to be shouted at. The way he shouts at them and puts them down, um, it's horrible. And the people that watch it are always in a more privileged position, so they're looking down at people, and that's my issue with it. It's the idea that we're laughing at people with problems um, and we're enjoying that. Uh, yeah, and to add to that, my position is that I feel like I had referenced poverty porn a very long time ago mm. and been laughed out of many a dinner party as a result of which. Because to me, it's, uh, you know, in that same vein of poverty porn, you have like your, now you've got Judge Rinder and uh, you had Benefit Street, from which, you know, uh, was her name White D? It was able to realise a certain level of fame off the back of, you know, being a uh, star of poverty porn. Mm. I feel I take umbrage with the whole Jeremy Carr vehicle for the same reason you do in that poverty is a disease of which, you know, a lack of education and ignorance can be symptoms of that disease. And Jeremy Carr, as a doctor treating that disease, has the sensibilities of Harold Shipman. Mm. <laughs> And the worst part is, yeah, you wanted to get sued. Let's get into the shits, man. Howard. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah, I'll let this your agent is, know. Uh, fine. Just to uh, give you an idea, like this is a man who himself was a recovering gambling addict mm. who has a show sponsored by Foxy Bingo. <laughs> yeah. That kind of shows you where his moral But then, lies. But then the thing that you can get back to, and, uh, and this is the tricky element of it, and, and I agree with everything you've said, mm-hmm. but the, 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 the kind of idea that you're, they're part of the problem. Yeah. Is 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 a, is a different is a different thing. So I'll, I'll give you a show that I would dispute, and maybe you're going to argue, is 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 a distant relative of what we're talking about, but I think completely harmless. And that's come dine with me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would okay. dispute that come dine with me taps into a similar vein yeah. of the mm-hmm. of the psyche that makes you go, oh, I could quite like to be on television, you know, like yeah. that. That's like a bit that's been going on with people since like the idea of television began, right? That you could. Have your 15 minutes, as Andy Warhol yeah. put it. Now, come down with me. If you come on that show, you're going to get on once, right? <laughs> you're going to cook whatever you cook, right? It's probably, in most cases, not great, but it will, it will have your moment on telly, and you might win a £1,000. So it's basically a game show. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's a game show. I think show. we can all agree. Family fortunes. Who wants to be a millionaire, generally? These things, we're not looking to get the, rid of, the right? Lot- the lottery. Yeah, but the, 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 but you, you mean we're not we're not. I don't think in in, in those cases that we're, we're saying not humiliating those, them though. That's the difference, isn't it? This is it. Where you look at certain shows like Jeremy Kyle, and I don't know what else you'd throw into that bracket. That's a good question. Right? I'm a celebrity. I'm a celebrity. Is obviously for Big, Big Brother. Yeah, Big Brother. Back in the day when it was just or not even back a, in the started day, started off as a psychological experiment conducted in the Netherlands, it and, did. Then, and then became became sensationalised because, like you said, it's uh, more about you know generating conflict for entertainment. And, uh, you know, I guess... And it was interesting to watch how that shifted. I don't know if you watched it from the very beginning or from the first, like, in the uh, year 2000 or so. 
it was more of a social experiment and it yeah. was people were watching it and people mm. were enjoying it but they had to they wanted to ramp it up they wanted to do more yeah, I think it was after that Jade Goody year they really wanted to test uh, the limits of the it, which is interesting because you know she was famed for her lack of intelligence but she herself mm. said this show has made me and will destroy me mm. Mm. And, it was, and it was very prophetic she said it herself <laughs> I, I, I think uh, so far as but did it destroy her though? Yeah. Didn't it allow her to have a life that she wouldn't... At first, and then when she went back in the house... Oh, oh that awful, had a scandal, yeah. then, yeah, she became public mm. enemy number one. And the same thing... That, and this is the thing about... Uh, your point about fame is that their fame, for me, is not sacrosanct. There's no entitlement to who it gets to be, in inverted commas, famous. But, you know, people need to be aware that fame is very similar to fire, in that, you know, it can cook your food, but it can also burn your house down. And but when you're burning anyway, yeah, what's <laughs> like what, like for a lot of these people, their li- life is difficult, and this is what I mean. people so are looking for a way to, for it to be easier. Quite frankly, yeah, and that's and I don't think, I do think we shouldn't necessarily put people down for wanting that because actually, it's we're saying that stay in your place essentially. When these people want an opportunity, obviously there's better ways. There's but is there though? This is, and this is and this mm. is this is the conflict I had because because then you know there's also the glut of the uh, the uh, other kind of teeny buffer same reality shows where if it's Teen Mom, sixteen and pregnant, and then uh, like the Valleys and Jersey mm. Shore, where then you have this whole because I guess when we watch this kind of what you call trashy TV, the mo- the motivation for it is I think is a large part of it's Schadenfreude. So even though it's like we look you people watch it because they they have someone to look down upon. It's quite funny. I find it quite ironic that most people. I mean, for number one, if you if you watch Jeremy Carl, then you probably are at work because mm. it comes on during the day. So what mm. are you? What kind of job do you have really? Or a student. A lot of students watch or, it. Yeah, or a student. But then as a student, by usually by that token, you're already in debt yourself. Mm. So it's very interesting that you know these uh, archetypes are created that people can laugh at and point and ridicule when it's like I say to people like going to a job centre is weird because the person on the other side of the table. It's probably two months off of being in the same place you are. Yeah. So really, it's a. I think on a larger scale, it's not so much what we're watching. It's more for what it reflects. Because for someone who lives in the valleys, for example, mm. and you're between the ages of eighteen to thirty, what opportunities for work are there really for you to forge a career? Because, you know, the economic centre of this country is London. So if you don't live in London, then it's very... You either have to move mm-hmm. there from another from somewhere else, deal with the exorbitant rent prices and just the cost of living. A lot of people can't do that anyway. If you live somewhere like the Valleys, you know, you're not near any kind of Oxbridge, you're not at your university. Odds are, based on you being subject to austerity like everybody else, your standard of education you're going to receive might not be amazing. And there was a time when that would have been fine because you could still... And a lot of these people would be able to still have a job within the, within the service industry, manufacturing... These jobs no longer exist. So for me, if I'm someone who's grown up in the valleys or I've grown up in like bumfuck nowhere in the UK and someone's like, well, you can either go and work in retail for how long or you go work in a mine, which we know is you, an issue that no longer you exists. Yeah. Or you can go and what, flash your breasts a few times on TV and then be able to like afford a house. It's not that hard to sell. Exactly. And that's, what, that's kind of my point because I feel like everybody's really saying we need to, you know, it's going too far, television's going too far. But we're just not really thinking about the real issues here, the real reasons why people are going the, on these the shows. Problem. That's the problem is that mm. we have accepted this term of reality TV when this is not real. 
Mm. And, this, and this is where the issue stems from, is that, for example, with like the Love Island, uh, for example, is the fact that, you know, just the, the, the title alone is an oxymoron. Because no one's going there to find love. Mm. And we're not watching people to go through them growing spiritually and emotionally to have a bond. If that was the case, then, you know, we'd accept certain maxims like love is blind. And therefore, everybody on the show wouldn't have to be toned up and worn up brown yeah. and mm. have a career in personal training or have had previously had commits because make surgery. Because love is supposed to be blind. So mm. it wouldn't matter who went on the island. But obviously, there is an aesthetic that serves the narrative of this show. Number two, it's like the fame thing is... This is the thing about fame is that the mob are fickle and this is what you're supposed to appeal to. And, you know, people refer to stuff as like lowest common denominator TV or lowest common denominator audience. When you're famous, you have to be aware of that, that now you are subject to the uh, opinion and scrutiny of the public. And this is the problem, like you said, people do not get any kind of media training on how to deal people with not, that. They're not ready. They're not, they're not emotionally capable. Sometimes you can never Could be ready, have, as, as I'm sure you know as well. Yeah. Some, there are some aspects of entertainment and creativity that you've probably experienced that you was not ready for. Yeah. But it's more just the media training. And, you know, there was a time, for example, where you'd watch like WWF, an American wrestling, and they'd have to make it a point of principle to let you know these are trained athletes, stuntmen, do not try this at home. At the very least, I feel that's what you could be having on a show like Love Island. Mm. But do you think, Sophia, do you think that it's up to the people that make television to set the agenda or is should we just is it not no i think it is up to the people that make television i think it's up to the television producers um because what they're doing is they're setting people up for failure and i have i have loads of issues with love island and i at the same in the same time that i totally respect people's choices for wanting to go on those programs i don't think that the i think the producers are putting vulnerable people on programs like this and you can see they're vulnerable because they'll make situations happen so that the people are in floods of tears or that somebody that they probably have explained that they really really would like they'll put that person in there who looks the absolute copy of who they fancy but then that person will say that they like somebody completely different so they're playing with mm. people's emotions and and heartstrings but my main issue with that program is that in the wake of where we are right now with feminism and Me Too, we've got women in there that are being encouraged monetary and career-wise and love-wise. I don't imagine they're really looking for love, but they want to couple up so that they can have this post-Love Island career, this post-Love Island money. And so they're encouraged to have sex with people that they don't really like and that they don't really know. And, you know, I've heard that Bleak they've even had, like that, right? they've had producers come in, we want, we want shagging tonight and things like that. I just think it's so wrong but it's to, be ma- to, to expect people to be having sex under that pressure. But it's out of control it's because wrong. it's all just about, uh, you yeah, know, commercial but, success. And also at the same time, but you're also, but you're describing pornography. Yeah. So, I mean, even though it's, yeah, under, it's under the guise, it's under the guise yeah. of entertainment, which, adult, which is what pornography is supposed to be, adult entertainment. And maybe that's what it is. So maybe the issue is that we just remove the veil and the pretense and stop pretending it is what it is and just basically call it what it is. Love Island is essentially what happens when your ratio of dialogue to sex is uh, is inversely is inverse to pornography. And that's what. And I, and I think once we accept that, yeah. then maybe it'd be a lot easier for people to digest. Real or, life or, porn, reality porn. 
I mean, but that's that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. But the thing that comes back to what you know, kind of. But how damaging? How damaging is that really well, to how, these young people, oh, especially it's to that, these young that's what, women? That's what we're finding out because you know these the younger people aren't able to make a discernible difference if they are able to equate love and sex, and uh, you know. And what is what is the sex mean to them? It's a means to progress. Well, validation. Mm. Yeah, Value. both industrially yeah. and uh, emotionally. He's my value. But you know I can that get sex. This is it. <laughs> that's my value. But I mean, it, it's that's, not that's that not, shocking. That's not, that's not a new message. Yeah, from I was about to say it's not that shocking. Right? We should be so far beyond but, that now, especially where we are like, in Instagram identity up, politics. Instagram up, we ain't like we we're not. But the bit that's scary. We should be. I think the bit that you're fucking up. You know, and the really really interesting bit. And I would love to get anyone that I've worked with on a number of different TV shows. I've worked on many shows over the years, but none, particularly in that genre. Well, I could at some point tell a story that I probably doesn't look very good on me for a show that I worked on. I want the truth, Howard. I worked with a, I, I, I was put in a room with a comedian who I didn't respect, who now is no longer known. Dane will know about this guy particularly, oh. and and he got a TV show and it got he got ended up on fucking Newsnight. Oh, yes. he, was in, he was in trouble, and 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 the thing was that the idea of the show to begin with was was like a spoof of a show, yeah. and then it got turned into because people, you know people just wanted to make the show, okay. it got turned into like a reality thing, and it was fucking disgusting. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 the thing about it, in that, that's the only instance I have in my career. But I, think, I look what at what was it, fuck, what was fucking disgusting about it? Well, what, it, what I, I I was I was trying to create. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah. I feel like you're, you're <laughs> skirting around. I'll, 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 I'll tell you, but. The show was, uh, are you aware of a book called The Game, which was written about uh, pickup artists and this whole process of men teaching other men how to pick up women and essentially manipulate them or charm them into bed. Okay. And the format of the show was basically doing the same thing. Okay. Yeah. So So they were were meeting. Viewing women as objects of conquest as opposed to human beings. Okay. And in, and in my and did version they know? Of the show, they didn't know. Well, no. So did the men? The men the women. Know. Sorry, the women they were picking up. Yeah, and in that that was not the version that I, I had a version where we basically made a like a, a fake version of that show where everything was scripted and it was all a comedy. Yeah. And then they went and made the real version, and, we, and they got in loads of trouble. I'd left the company. I'd like worked for the company for like a week or something. So, but to me, the people I, I think about this every day. I go to work and I think about this every day. What, what, what are you putting back into the world? You know, uh, me and Dane work on television ideas. And I can tell you, every single fucking one of them, I feel like what we put back, if it, if it ends up on your television, is something that I want to put back into the world. Mm. Reap what you sow. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of people I know, and I bless them, there's some amazing, lovely folk who work on a lot of shows, like what we're talking about, that we don't love. And the sister, just the, the, there's, there's no way out for those people. They like that's their job, and and so they're not the ones that are going to change it. How you change it, mm. is a, I, I don't even know where you begin. I know you, it's society that needs to change. I was going to say, it's the appetite, yeah. the audience appetite. That? Because for the thing it, is, it? even though we're talking about like trash TV and stuff like that, like I can tell you, people that people, cause you you might think to yourself, who watches this stuff and takes it seriously? I think the answer is the people you see on Jeremy Kyle. When you are, when you have nothing in your life, and you can see somebody that you know, especially when you're struggling with identity, whether it might be on a national basis or a gender basis, or even you know, yeah, or even like you're struggling with masculinity, seeing someone who is almost a caricature of masculinity or mm. a caricature of like sexual femininity, like that's enough for you to project onto, because it's almost impossible. And the thing is, you know, that's no different to what you see with advertising. You know, it's no mm. different when you know it's no different to the cosmetic industry. 
that you know people are motivated to buy into ideas or even buy into consumption on the basis of either shame with like Jeremy Kyle or on the basis of aspiration. I was going to say Love Island is more aspiration, isn't mm. it? Yeah. It's the aspir- it's the, it's all of the images, all of the stereotypical images of like femininity and masculinity, and, the gender idea yeah. and, and and that's sexual the objectification. Because it's very strange, you know, again, look, there's not been a, a LGBT couple in Love Island yet. Or a trans no. couples. So they're very they're you know. very rigid in terms of their representations yeah, exactly. at this time. And I just find that, that contradiction so interesting that we've got people that are still we've got a society that still wants to see things that are so Well it's comfortable. It keeps yeah. people very comfortable. Remember, because then if you're not if you don't have these in the same way that like, you know, I was having this conversation today, it's like, you know, very similar to when you watch something like football whereby the odds of becoming a footballer for everyone who plays or aspires to play professionally is zero point zero three percent. Despite that fact that you have that level of triumph and overcoming that and the level of kinesthetics and athleticism you have to show, if you make a mistake, some fat dude in the pub can be like, I can do better than that. Mm. And flippantly do that. (laughs) And by him being able to do that, then he's able to alleviate any of his own responsibilities for his own health, for his own Mm. achievements. Because this is what the whole cult of fame and celebrity comes from, is that people are able to rally behind these symbols. They're able to critique them they're able to enjoy schadenfreude and you know use that to affirm the successes or privileges in their own life so it's a it's real i don't think it's a it's question of reality it's not a question of reality tv it's more the issue is our reality it's a society and how you uh evolve so, yeah, it. We, so for me it's like, i don't say there's no point in us like getting rid of it because like i said it's you know this is an idea and wherever things are capitalist motivated if whatever requires minimal effort and maximum exploitation for the purpose of profit it's going to happen anyway mm-hmm. so even but we like, could be more responsible and we could create programs and art that gives us something else well this is it and that's enough that's, I mean, that's like does, Netflix that for exist, example that Netflix exist. isn't full up with reality TV shows sure. they've gone down the drama route and they're giving us but then they still do they still do plenty of reality shows they people would call some. Queer Eye is a reality show yeah, but it's not the same. It's not yeah, as it's, it's it, not I mean, as yeah, lowbrow. I mean, you could argue it's not the same, but then that's the thing is mm. that you know, it, it, by the other token, it's it's reality, but it's just the demographic is different. Yes, yeah, because mm. some people are watching. You know, because not everyone can afford five ninety nine. Because the people that watch Love Island will be watching Queer Eye and they're spitting feathers, being like, "Why are they making guys tell straight men how to behave?" <laughs> so you know, and it's, so really, I think it can be bad, but at the same time. The issue is what you should, reality really is us holding up humanity's face to itself. So we need to address reality rather than reality television is my answer to that question. Yeah, it's a bloody good question though. It's a very good question. Very, very good question. And uh, I genuinely think we might end up having that question back again when the full scale of all this problem has... uh, Mate, it's going to be... I think think something will happen. I'm really upset because there's some good people. It's the people at the top... Yeah. In certain se- sections of, of the media who've got away with it. I think we shouldn't even focus on singularity. Mm. There, I mean, cause, because you have, cause there are institutions that exist to regulate stuff that's not savoury and can damage minds. That's what Ofcom's supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope we've depressed you by answering this question yeah, thanks, as best guys. we can. Uh, There's no hope. Should we read your thing again? <laughs> uh, should we just read your bio again? That might to you. No, yeah. you should be. You should. You should <laughs> I feel happy you'll, you'll be on the right side of history. Yeah. And also it means that you still have a grip on reality as opposed to reality TV. Mm. Speaking of filling a psychological hole with something physical, mm-hmm. uh, would you like to hear my question? Yes, please. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slightly shift it a bit as, you know, that was, that was kind of intense 
feeling. How uh, would like to provide like the, the fun filling to the, well, <laughs> to the, the whole okay. milk bread sandwich that is this podcast? Unless the, unless the guest brings something fun to start with, then I can go really dark. That was twist. fun. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't I say didn't... it's a laugh fest. <laughs> but uh, she, I wouldn't but describe yeah. it. But to be fair, Sophie doesn't know what my position is. I could have been like, well, I like so and so. What do you mean? I watched um, Love Island. I did a show with Jack the other day. And I went, and I did ever do a show with Jack Reacher, actually. He was oh, cool. nice. Nice guy. Good. Um, I mean, but we could be, like, we people do watch these shows and still do have. Yeah. Well, you know, so. There you go. See, then, and then people are like, oh, I don't really think about it when I watch it. So maybe they're yeah. being irresponsible too. So it's what? everyone. Um, we're going to do our own podcast on this now. <laughs> Um, I mean, my question's got nothing to do with any of this. It's based on the fact that I was watching The, the, the Green Mile, mm-hmm. uh, which, no spoilers, but it's, it's set in, a, in death row. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a fan of the film? So, a bit. It's kind of slightly controversial elements to it. Uh, no, I don't I'm think a, I've I'm seen a fan, it. But, it's, uh, it's a long film. It's not a film yeah. you re-watch that often. I was to be thinking. fair, I know I'm a fan because of all the Stephen King films I've watched, that's one I liked. Yeah. So there's there's stars, a few. But it stars that's... the late Michael Clark Duncan and yeah. Tom Hanks. And it made me think about uh, what my death row dinner would be. I think I think if I was on if I was on death row, Dane knows me well enough now. I'd probably spend you know I'd be obviously upset uh, that I was going to be killed unless you know unless I wanted it. But you know I'd be I'd be lying there. But you know going, people on death row for years and years and years. Yeah, well, there is. You that might option. kind of just be resigned to it by then. Maybe, but the idea that just before it happens, I get my favourite meal. Uh, it's <laughs> <is> almost it's <laughs> almost gonna make it worth it. I don't know about that. So I'm asking you guys if I get you on death row tonight, okay. which I'm not gonna, and you're going tomorrow. You're, you're gonna be killed tomorrow. Sorry, Sophia. Is that you only came on this podcast to make a point about Jeremy Carr? Uh, I, like, I like the part when she was like, oh, on Mondays, and we were like, oh, don't worry, <laughs> you'll be fine. Here's some questions for you. Switch it up. Death row. Yeah. What would be what would be your last meal? Uh, Sophia uh, it's a tough question you can take a bit of time to think it over I've okay. obviously put intense thought into this I, uh, have, I have my question already ready oh, you, have, you, have, you have your uh, meal already ready oh yes oh nice well it's I mean your dietary requirements can be out the window here because I know you have a whole lactose course. thing yeah, so yeah. that's what I was thinking I'm lactose you, can, you, also. You, you don't worry about that I also don't eat meat anymore you're going to be dead so. tomorrow least of your worries least of your you're worries you're going to be dead really tomorrow the least of your worries you're out you're done it's fine uh, yeah, at least of your worries. I mean, um, they've already got oh, your file together for the afterlife. So, yeah. <laughs> like, whoever's there is like this now. Yeah. Oh, I see you had a last <laughs> burger there. That's a bit... Uh, oh, oh, you yeah. was on the scales, but uh, <laughs> down you go. So. Um, yeah, so Dane, talk me through it. Yeah. Oh, mine's is, mine's is really just... Uh, <laughs> so clear in his head. Picture it. This, I mean, okay, there are two answers to this question. There's, mm. a, there's obviously like a serious answer. Okay. But then my answer would be... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Given just, just as much my political position on a capital punishment. Okay. So I'd be like, so when the governor's like, well, you know, dying time for your last meal, boy. What you gonna eat? I'd be like your wife's pussy. Take me in. Take me. I'm ready. Oh. I'm ready. What are you gonna do? I'm already dead, bitch. Nice. Yeah. And then they'd be like, no seriously, what do you really want? And then, and then you tell him. Oh, he might want. just say, "Fuck you." And yeah. then you'll get he nothing. Might. And I'd be like, "What are you gonna do?" Spit in his face, and then be like, "Viva the revolution!" I imagine I'd be. Seems on... you really thought this through. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Listen, thirty-three percent of African American males will spend some time incarcerated. Right. It would be foolish for me not to consider it at some point. It's like you know. One in three people will develop cancer, so you yeah. should get screened at some point. So it's one in two, isn't it? Now, well, there you go. Okay, cheerful. Yeah. So, uh, Sophia, what is up with you today? <laughs> Sorry, this is this is a tough Monday. A tough Monday. Tough Monday. Well, so, what would you okay. actually, if after you've mocked your prison warden, uh, what would you eat? You first. Okay. Oh. Well, as I was saying, I am lactose intolerant. Mm. So I don't eat dairy and I don't eat meat since January. I decided to give it up and I've stuck with it minus two times, three times. Right. Are you finding it tough? Or? No. Did you not hear she's I... messed up three times? Yeah, she's finding it tough, Howard. <laughs> no, it's January, come on. That's not that it's, bad. Can we just May. say it's the, the, nearly yeah. the end of May? I think that's amazing. That's, that's the, almost six that, months. That, that, I, I, I learning, that's pretty good. If you just smoke three cigarettes and you go up in January, that wouldn't be the worst. That's true. That's, there you go. That's, that's, what, happened with, that's, what, that's what happened with a friend of mine who's a friend of the podcast. So let's keep moving and stop looking at me. <laughs> so, but let me just explain that because it just makes me sound like I can't stick to something. I was only it doing it for January. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's okay. I, was, I was only doing it in January and then afterwards I thought, oh, let me see how I feel. Right, okay. So okay. no one here is paying rent. No so one anyway. here is paying rent on your intestines. You have whatever the hell you want. If okay? cut their meat intake <laughs> down by half, it would save the world. So, you know, you're doing a good job. Yeah, I yeah, think it's see? important to, yeah, you're doing a good job. to do your bit and also to help your body. Mm. But, so bearing that in mind, I would have had... I would. I think I will. You can have I'll just it. You're have dying. It. I'll just, yeah. Sophia, you're dying. I'll have a milkshake. Oh, what kind? A vanilla milkshake. Where from? Oh, question. I don't know. McDonald's, Five Guys, where do we want to go? I've got to go and get this I haven't, stuff. Oh, so I used to all, I used to love a McDonald's milkshake. I have asthma as well. And it used to give me, me an asthma attack. <laughs> me too. But, because it's really, but it's really good. <laughs> it's so mm. good. So I wouldn't let my mum know. Inducingly good. <laughs> it's so it's so good it's because so you have good. to understand it's one pound so fourteen. Be... <laughs> yeah, if you have it inside, but if you get a takeaway milkshake, it's only ninety nine p, bruv. And oh, that's a great advert. It's a oh, wow. asthma inducing I mean, milkshakes. And it literally just makes you go. <laughs> that's the, that's the I would still, up I would still yeah. drink it and tell nobody that I was having trouble. Breathing. I'm creamily okay. out of breath. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Least of your worries. For those of you who may be wondering why you may get asthma-like symptoms when you drink, you may be lactose intolerant and that is your body having a build up of mucus trying to remove it from your body also yeah. causes Factual. eczema too Factual. yeah um so we've got a lovely chocolate yeah, milkshake mm. Mm. no chocolate no 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 oh, vanilla. Vanilla. vanilla sorry my bad uh, and then okay you've got the milkshake tell me what else you're gonna have what are you gonna have yeah milkshake? i sound like a tomorrow. child i think yeah. i want a pizza because i can't have cheese anymore oh. and i miss a good pizza so where you go you have pizza with vegan cheese and it's nasty i want a nice excuse me what you have pizza with what? Vegan cheese. Vegan cheese. That's not a pizza. Then. Yeah, agreed. Well, yeah. it is when that's all your option is. Well, it's, no, it's a it's a tomato based flatbread. Um, it's a vegan che- uh, it's pizza. Not, we, it's we, not. We need to. Um, we, we cheese. Sorry, but so, where's the pizza from? Mm. Oh, do you know what? It's very specific. There is a place that I used to go to in Crouch End. Oh. 
It's where fine. I I'm going. So I'll, I'll go. I'm going to get it. Yeah, so, so, Porchetta is that in on Stroud Green Road or? Oh, La Porchetta. Yeah, that's, Perhaps that's, I was thinking Pizza Bella actually. Okay, fine. That's just. And it's called part. a Capriziosa. Mm, so that's mushrooms, ham. That yeah, and it has, uh, and I'd have olives on it. Yeah, I don't know if it had olives. No, we'll and it has anchovies, which no one in the world likes apart right. from me. Oh, right, so you'd have anchovies. And it has egg that. on it. It's ran, like, oh, my friends used wow. to be like, ugh. But so it you was so good. So you were like, <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't know. Oh, how do you good want a side? Do you want a side with that of anything? I'll get some garlic bread. Garlic bread. Get your salad, but you're dying tomorrow, so who cares? You need to really get into the swing of this. You are going to die. There's no can I. I want! And Can't dessert, think... what would you like for dessert? Oh. Tough, isn't it? I want a cheesecake. Cheesecake? No, I want a cheesecake and okay. a apple crumble oh. with cream uh. or custard or and custard. God. I don't know. This is a you, good You, you can have whatever you want. Yeah, you can have, you can have all of that. That's, that's fine. You're talking as if yeah. it's going to be a problem with you putting on weight and stuff. Yeah, you're, you're about to lose no, a lot. I don't want to be yeah, sick before I die. No, I kind of want to it'll, it'll die feeling like nice and comfortably full, not like... Yeah, you're going to have a whole be... 12 hours Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because we're going to do it the night hours. and then I'm going to kill you in the morning. <laughs> oh no, that night's not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, not your problem. You're not going to stay, you know. Yeah, exactly. Come and your problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a lovely last meal, Sophia. Okay, yeah. I think you've had a good job. I feel like Sophia wasn't finished. Oh, I was just suddenly like, oh, all the things well. I could have. It's a good meal. It's a great meal. And a porn star martini. And a porn oh, star martini. See? Yeah, just to- topping it off. There you go. It um, okay. It's a good one. Maybe another shot. Aperitif. Yeah, we'll have a few shots. There you go. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> Should I leave the bottle, madam? <laughs> <laughs> Should we go and do this now? Is that lovely? <laughs> yeah, a lovely, lovely night. It's me hungry. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I know what I've, because I've been thinking about mine a lot. As have I. And mine, basically, I could sum it up with this, which okay. is chicken. I have hankering for fried chicken in various forms that is biblical in its volume. This is a good point. Yeah. Now, here's the serious question. Are we talking Caribbean, Southern American, Korean, or like American Chinese? Help? I want to have a bit of the southern with a bit of the korean so i'm going good choice to send dane just before i get the next morning to take me uh i want to i want a chicken bacon thigh burger from bird done it's very good that is one of the finest chicken burgers you'll ever find and then i want uh, a variety of sides from various chicken places of course so there's a there's a, a a five spice korean chicken that they do with the duck and rice in soho i want that on the side I want popcorn chicken just from KFC because I just want to taste that crap chicken next to this. And then I want wings. Bring me all the wings. And I'm going to eat all of that chicken with a massive fat Coke. Nice. And then after that, ice cream sundae. What kind of Coke? Classic Coke? Classic New Coke. Coke. Draft or bottle? Bottle classic Coke. Nice. Lemon? No, just ice. Nice. <laughs> Crushed or cubed? <laughs> cubed. Well thought out. I like it. And uh, and then just the big ice cream sundae afterwards, loads of brownies in it. Uh, that would that would, you know, like a like again, you know when you go to Harvester or Garfunkel or something like that. Or like Ooh, go to TJ Fridays and give me like an ice cream sundae because then I get loads of shit in that. Did you ever have? Sorry, this is just I mm. thought of it immediately. An ice cream float, oh. which is like the Coke and the ice cream yeah. together. Not, when you were a kid. We can just add that. You wouldn't add that. 
No, I'm not we'll going to add that. Sophia, <laughs> we can add that if you want to add that. Yeah, we'll each all add to our, our order. You can add that. You um, want to add that, don't you? No, I'm not No, because she's, got a, lot. she's got a lot of alcohol. You, you can have that. No, but she's Dane. She's had a lot already, so it's, it, it's she's going to be on well. Be and, 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 you know, cameras tomorrow as well. They might be filming this, and you don't want to see them. You know, depends what she's done. It depends, depends what the crime is, you know. You don't want to feel really queasy. Um, but that's mine. Dane, where do you end up on this deaf food fun fest? So... I basically have the taster menu from a restaurant called Zuma in Kensington. Mm. Uh, mm. It's very nice. And then... Highlights? Uh, the highlights would be the uh, sashimi selection. Ah, uh, back to... Yeah. So, you know, you get black some... Black cod. It's the black cod's coming into it. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. Oh, black cod. That's definitely coming in there. Yeah. So, yeah. but I so have the sashimi and I think they've like Korean, Korean lamb cutlets as well, mm-hmm. which are done on like a, um, a rabata grill. Nice. And then... Like, you get, like, these scallops, which are done on, like, a bachi grill as well. So they're, like, seared scallops. They're dope. With some miso as well. And I think there might be some wagyu beef there. I'm sorry, cows. But, That's you, know, you know, I'm a sinner. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. About to then, know. like, a spinach salad. And then, yeah, the crowning glory would be the uh, black cod in miso, which has been marinated for, like, 48 hours. Yeah. It melts in your mouth. Dane's wow. face is so serious, by the way. I've but, never seen Dane look more serious. But most importantly, I would like for my last meal to just be Sunday dinner made by my mom. Oh. That would be the last meal. Oh, that would be oh I love how you Dave. just added that in there. I, oh. Best meal is home cooked, man, because that's the one that's made with love. Yeah. So, you know, and that would probably yeah. be a nice experience to have before, you know, you walk the green mile. Oh. And then also I'd like a uh, bag of pick and mix. Nice to eat throughout the night. Just, 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 just a chew. Just to on. take me back to a time of innocence before I got involved in this life. Some of those um, fate, white so. mice. Let's not make it racist. This you know. is the most disgusting. That's the mix worst thing. Ever. White chocolate mice. White chocolate Shame mice. On you. I like those white chocolate mice. Go no. for oh, it. You should be executed. No. You're right, Sophia. Right. Shame on you, sir. Shame. They're it's all the waxy and milky. It's all about the cola bottles. With fizz and stuff. Yeah. They never fucking go at me, you two. Jesus Christ. Well, if Haribo made it, then people would think it was nice, Howard. Haribo don't make white chocolate mice. You know why? Because they taste like real mice. I like those cherries, the plastic cherries. The... Now we're back okay. in the room. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, you're crazy for example. For I like moment. cheap chocolate, Dane. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> that was my question. Are those actually chocolate? I don't know because I don't That's touch yuck. rodents. They're not real mice. They look like real they mice. They don't taste of anything either. I've I tried them. I bet real them. mice taste better. I've never seen a cat eat a white chocolate mouse. Fair point. And you have a cat. Speaking of which, just a little update for the listeners. Uh, my cat has been killing uh, constantly for the last few weeks. Right. Killing Mice everything. and birds. Oh. Just for fun. Is it for fun? I'm not I've a heard cat they person. Do. You're not a cat person? Sorry. Yeah, I'm not no. going to make you live with it. The thing is... <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. I know how the next guest yeah. on the show. <laughs> <laughs> right, I used to have a cat. You used to have a cat. Yeah. And this cat literally has left you. Cra- no, the cat. Ca- the cat was crazy. It had three legs. Oh. Yeah. Was it crazy or dealing with post traumatic stress disorder? Yeah, it used to go and then just yeah. run round. I probably would if I had one Did leg. What you do yeah. to the other leg while you ended up on death row? No, oh. it wasn't evil. It was a child. Oh, and then I became allergic to cats afterwards. Oh, sad. <laughs> yeah. That is the saddest cat story in the history and of the world. Co- and a convenient story. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck on death row. Um, well, that was my question and very different from, from yours. And, very and, different. And, and, and it was we, a good question. Were, but I've, I've been thinking about it a lot. Green, listeners, what do you want? If you end up on death row, please don't. But if you do, uh, what do you want to eat? And uh, yeah, and tweet us your answers. Yeah. It's time for Dane's question, everyone. It's okay. time for my question. The conclusion of the show. Uh, so, some background. 
I first came across your work uh, watching uh, you and Lynette's play. Yes, yes. Uh, which you can feel free to plug. Hashtag Lighty, by, written by the amazing writer, director, Lynette Linton. I'd like to call her LL Cool Play. That's, that's, a, cool, like, that's, that's a good nickname. I right. think she'll be up with that. But I was, I was massively inspired <laughs> by uh, this play I went to right. see. Um, who uh, was made under the auspices of Ricky Beadle Blair, who is mm-hmm. yeah, also an amazing playwright and uh, also features friend of the podcast and friend of our life, Adele James. What's up, AJ? If you're listening, you better be listening. Of <laughs> course, well she's listening. She hey, girl. Listening. So, uh, with that in mind, okay, yeah. obviously very inspirational to see uh, young uh, black and brown women creatives, mm. obviously uh, dealing with a very sensitive subject and uh, very uh, ably tackling. Um, Issues of uh, femininity. Anyway, I say that to say this. I've also seen your podcast with your friend Mecharine as well. And I wanted to ask you, Sophia, in particular, because I've seen some of the, uh, I guess, maybe rebuttals or, I guess, the pushback from your narrative and editorial. So my question is, is there such a thing as, or should there be such a thing as, uh, a black feminist? And I say this because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, in my some, I try and endeavour to do as much as I can to become aware of feminist issues Okay. and one of the uh, and, and the nomenclature and something that comes up a lot and I think definitely justifiably so is a misogynoir which I guess is a sub uh, category of misogyny which is directed in particular towards black women mm. I'd say massively in particular maybe to darker skinned black yeah. women right uh Evidence of that would be like you know how uh, Leslie Jones was reviled for her for being in uh, Ghostbusters the right. remake with Diane Abbott. Diane Abbott. Yeah. Um, that, but then that, goes that, far. That goes, list could go on. Yeah, and goes. This goes on, and and also goes as far back as you know. Uh, I guess being juxtaposed with the tragic mulatto complex, which was, was inspiration for uh, the play that I saw you in, which is a uh, Lighty, you know. And common the things that people like Lena Horne or Josephine Baker mm. or Dorothy Jan- uh, Dandridge would have uh, dealt with. So, I say all that to say this. That was just all the background. But to my question being, mm-hmm. is there such a thing as, or should there be such a thing as, or is there like a real necessity for there to be black feminism? I think there is, a, there is definitely a need for black feminism. I think it's very important. I feel very passionately about it. I think if black women choose to not engage with feminism mm-hmm. and choose to, I mean, a, a friend of mine who appeared in my podcast um, when we were talking about this subject of feminism, she chose to use the word womanist, so she calls herself a womanist. And although all of these other titles, are, I think that they're totally valid, mm-hmm. that we feminism is, is the movement that's moving right now, and that's the movement where we need to be and we need to be together. We need to... When you say we... We, women... And that, say, actually, let's not say you, that men can't you, be part you, of this, but I mean, women no, no, of you, different. When you say women, are we including uh, trans? Because I don't want to offend any TERFs, which is another word I learned recently, hmm. or acronym I learned recently. Which uh, stands for? Uh, I don't remember. It's uh, <laughs> Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminists. Um, if you identify as a woman, you can identify in this, this movement. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my position on this. Um, but I do believe that black women should be should be feminists and should be using the word feminist mm-hmm. and should be 
aligning with white women, um, Asian women, women from all different backgrounds. Because I think if we fragment too much into our separate corners, Mm -hmm. then we've got so many different fights going on, so many different struggles going on, that we're not necessarily talking to each other or working together. And I think that might be a detriment to what we're all trying to do, which is equality for women. I do 100% believe that the struggles that black women and women of colour go through are different. And I do believe that the struggles are harder because when you face the double oppression of racism and sexism, and then if you're working class or if you're poor, you're facing um, poverty as well. I do believe that you have a harder struggle. And, And because you have all of these triple oppressions, then it means that feminism might feel completely alienating for you and it might feel like it's, you know, the conversation is about why Hollywood actresses are not getting how much million when other people are getting how much million and that doesn't mean anything to you. But if we're not together and we're not talking about all of these issues and you're not, we're not bringing our own experiences to the table and we're not letting this discussion and we're not informing white feminism or white feminists of the things that we're going through and they don't know and they're not being, they're not having to consider and rethink then we can't go forward i think we have to be in this together i really do which is a very sound theory now <clears throat> i guess that leads on to in your experience is is the uh, opportunity for black women to galvanize under the banner of feminism is is that is a space being provided for that to happen. I say that because, like, I would argue that black women's existence has been the most quintessential example of feminism in that the Windrush generation would have been going to work and been a part of the workforce mm. when a lot of, uh, you know, English women wouldn't have needed to work because they could survive off a single income. Um, I would say that, I mean, I think it's a fact that the biggest demographic for college graduates in the States is African-American women. Uh, The fight, I guess, to have autonomy over the womb has maybe began, I would say, arguably, probably began with black women in terms of chattel and miscegenation laws where you wouldn't be able to choose a mate, where you'd be bred similar to an animal. Um, Human zoos where, you know, people from the Congo were in, placed in Belgium were as recent as 1948. So I'm just wondering, because, and also like watching someone like, I saw uh, a creative Eunice Olomide was on um, Jeremy Vine's show Mm. and was talking about a lack of representation of black women in uh, media. Mm. And the first two people to shout her down were two white women Mm. who themselves claimed to be outspoken feminists, but they were like, oh, I mean, it was almost first as if they were to dismiss her and reduce her I argument really, and being aggressive. And see, I think, and, and Dane's posed this question in a particular way, but I think Dane's question kind of, for me, falls in the in the in, in a way that makes you think: is the is the cause of feminism singular? Mm. As in, as in, can we all be united under one thing? Because. It's one battle. It really isn't. And I don't know how closely you followed th- it in the States, um, if, 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 you've, if you followed Me Too in the States, but there's been massive, who, massive who, infighting. Because who, who, who did that begin with? A black woman. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, 
doesn't seem that the amount of uh, stories that seem to be <coughs> referencing... United but that's because... That, so the, the, the interesting thing, and I just, this is, I'm definitely not an authority on this, but it's not a deeply personal one. I'm not a black person or a woman. So, but the, the, the story that I, I read about, uh, about the infighting in Me Too in America and how you know, some of the more affluent people who have got the time and resources to put into going out and campaigning would generally be upper middle class white people who can afford to do that and some of their black counterparts couldn't and therefore weren't getting as represented and weren't getting their voices represented in the same way and they've kind of come to not blows but they've basically there's opportunity to separate and that's not necessarily the healthiest thing right I think everyone could probably agree on that I think yes certain people do have more of a platform and do have opportunities to protest it's a luxury to be able to protest in any situation Mm -hmm it means that you can afford to go against authority and you can afford to go against the grain. You yeah, don't need... You can afford to take a day off work. You can afford to take a day off work. <laughs> you can afford to upset people that are possibly employing you, etc. Mm. And that isn't... that. That's not everybody can do that. And so it, it does mean that there are going to be certain people that do have that opportunity and will get their voices heard. But that doesn't mean that we that those people shouldn't have that voice and shouldn't then use that platform to listen to other groups and bring them on board. And that's what I think that has to be done. Everybody is has got different problems. Mm-hmm. Women do have different problems, but I do believe that a lot of these problems come from patriarchy mm. and ingrained patriarchal ideals. And I think that it affects black, poor women more, which is why I think it's really important that they have that they embrace feminism and where they can, they ally with the people that do have the platform. And I know that that's easier said than done, but I really do think that that it's important to recognise that because a lot of people, a lot of the argument is, I think, with a lot of black women, a lot of my friends who don't call themselves feminists, they think that, that... they don't necessarily feel so angry with patriarchy. They might feel more angry with white society or racism, and that's their primary oppression. They feel that that's their primary oppression. I mean, there's a, there's a massive intersectionality between patriarchy and Eurocentricity mm-hmm. and, and white supremacy anyway. So, you know, uh, I understand that. Would you, in your experience, say that you see, uh, so far as, I guess, black women that do embrace feminism, do you see there is some galvanization there and there's unity yeah. within itself? That's, is that, there's definitely that so much since, going on right since now. Fourth, since, like, I guess we've seen a narrative mainly with social media of fourth wave feminism. Yeah, I think it's the fourth wave. Are you seeing a galvanization of the diaspora more than before? A hundred percent, definitely. And I think social media has a great place, has yeah. a great, has played a massive part in that and the internet and the way that we're able to bring communities together yeah. and that, you know, there are loads and loads of issues with yeah, social black, media, black, but yeah, this is an amazing thing yeah, that yeah. it's doing. Black Girl Magic, for example. Black Girl Magic. Been, uh, yeah, popularised by social media, which is a, a really good thing. But then this is because then... And platform, you know, we've got like Geldem, which mm-hmm. I contribute to, which I think is a brilliant magazine for um, women and non-binary people of colour to mm-hmm. talk about their experiences and so we have these spaces that are popping up that we are creating, but the internet is allowing us to come together, allowing us to get our voice heard. And then the mainstream media producers are seeing that this is happening. 
And we're creating our own spaces and we're saying, here we are. This is what we're going through. This is what we have been going through. And you can't ignore it anymore. Yeah. And I mean, is that, and I'm just asking, are you, so is that, are you optimistic about that? I am optimistic about it. I think it's, I remember about 10 years ago thinking to myself, we've, we've got no, we've got complete political apathy. We don't have people that are feminists or really care about politics or everybody's just kind of existing, watching, I think this was the beginnings of reality TV. Nobody's really active, saying what they think, trying to make a change. And I feel like now, the last five years or so, people are actually, um, and possibly because the world has, has had some crazy events, and, and really the, prob the problems are just, you know, I need, to, I need a job. People were losing their job about 10 years ago. I remember loads of people losing their job. We need to find a job, we need to put rent on the table, people losing their mortgages. Yeah. Like that was the primary focus. People didn't really necessarily have time to think about these things. And now we're thinking about these things and we're talking about these things. People feel guilty as well. A lot of people feel guilty when you call them out on their male privilege or you call them out on their white privilege or they, they don't like it and it's, Defence is like the first um, is the first response, but I just think we need to get past that because we all have a privilege. We all do. Mm -hmm. It's just what do we do with that? I mean, I was told I had dick privilege once. <laughs> I, I I didn't like I didn't like that. I can vouch for that. <laughs> um, I, I, I didn't like that. I, obviously, I'm, I'm aware of, of the uh, subtext, but then yeah, because as I said, I, I, I suppose when especially if you're talking to members of diaspora and you reference privilege. You're always going to get some level of defensiveness or mm. people of disagreement because people will be like, you know, two generations ago, my family couldn't even vote. Yeah. So, what kind of privilege could I possibly have? And I and I and, I, and that's kind of why I ask the question because obviously it's like it might be a very big ask to expect black women and members of diaspora to immediately be able to align with what I guess to an extent is a Western political ideology. Because, you know, voting is still very new to us. Mm. Even being a part of the bipartisan paradigm and voting whether it would be Democrat or Republican mm. or Labour or Conservative. Like, we were mm. excluded from these conversations for a very long time. So, you know, it might just be a question of us working out our own political uh, position before aligning with any other social ones or any political ones. You know, because I always say that when it comes to patriarchy, and I've said... Kind of as a joke, but at the same time, when I've spoken to like middle-class white men, they've been like, patriarchy, what's up with men? I'm, I'm like, well, you should probably ask your dad. Because that's where etymology of patriarchy stems from. Because my dad and my ancestors have never that I know have been in any position where they can influence policy that can oppress women. They've never been able to be in control of like salaries whereby they'd make women get paid 20% less. And I even argue to an extent, like within I'm, my family from the Caribbean, we're quite a matriarchal culture. And historically, a lot of indigenous African culture is quite matriarchal, as evidenced by like a lot of fertility gods, and and yeah, at some point we may have lost the way in that. But for a long time, like it's only really that's where it comes from. But in terms of day to day living, you still have um, situations where women are can, gender roles are. In, especially in African Caribbean traditional yeah. cultures, and they, are and still reinforced. quite rigid. Yeah, and they're, they're, and they're perpetuated as well. And so we I, perpetuate these. We don't. We didn't necessarily come from us, yeah. but our communities still pe perpetuate and keep these um, ideologies going that mm -hmm. don't necessarily benefit women. Mm -hmm. And I just think we need to question that, even if we feel like there 
we can't necessarily align with white feminism. I still think we need to question within our, ourselves, uh, within our own communities, and if we're being, if we have the opportunities. Um, what do, just think what do we need to do again? Question. Ha! Huh, what a great <laughs> way of making my podcast. And I think if only, seven, but yeah. if only a, a, a white man would say we've run out of time and we have to wrap <laughs> up, but uh, they, it's perfect timing. Oh, but there's um, so much I want to say about well, urban culture and music and agreed women. and we don't want that part of the conversation to stop so please uh, do plug away and let our listeners yeah. know where they can find you and hear more about your narrative and your uh, your active campaigning for uh, you know equality amongst uh, women of colour and women globally in general yeah so you can find me on um, my website misssophialeone.com and my blog is on there and you'll see me blogging about a range of different issues from popular culture to feminism um, and racism identity good, good milkshakes don't we talk about milkshakes you can get yeah. vegan milkshakes you know not the same, not the same. Not the same. <laughs> um, and my podcast is called The Unapologetic Podcast on YouTube and Apple um, Podcasts and on SoundCloud. Check her out. Check, Check, me Check her out. out. And then we can continue this conversation if you invite me onto your podcast. Exactly. Yes. Perfect. And then that's how we'll do it. Well, yeah. It was a very interesting talk. I, I was quite happy to sit and listen to that. I feel like the idea that the, the white male bloke should contribute too much in that conversation, that last one, is... Nice save, Howard. It's true, no, isn't it? It's true, yeah. It's true, no, isn't it? Like, it's, uh, yeah. And I think um, hope a lot of our listeners who probably there's a lot of white middle class people will have done the same. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank yeah, you for having me. Pleasure. Thank you so much. I feel like we need to get you. Oh, back. and also, you said you're working on some theatre stuff. Is there any uh, live work we should be looking out for? Um, I'm developing. I've just spent a week developing um, some work with Tamisha Theatre and Oval House. It's working on their book of monologues for people of colour and we are just working on that and seeing if we can develop that into a narrative cool. so yeah we'll see how that goes okay. stay posted y'all thanks again Sophia thanks for having me you've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything hosted by Dane Baptiste for more from Dane go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him at danebaptweets our guest was Sophia Leone you can follow Sophia on Twitter at MissSophia underscore Leone. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. Follow me at the Howard Cohen. Thanks to Polly and Gelly. Hey, if you like what you've been listening to, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.